Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Well, today we have a very special guest on the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast, episode 10. I'm really happy to announce. And this guest is the head instructor of the Ripple Effect Martial Arts School in Johnstown, Colorado. He's a good friend, I should say, and also an aspiring actor, which is something that we'll get into a little bit later on. But without further ado, we have today with us Mr. Robert Brandt. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Let's just get right into what happened two, two weekends ago. Uh, yes, sir. So uh, two weeks ago, I had the privilege to test for my certified black belt. And then upon receiving my rank of being a certified first degree black belt, I was also made the head instructor of the Johnstown School, which is also a great honor. Congratulations. So we'll get into the background of your history of teaching in in Johnstown in just a little bit. But first, tell us how it felt. So let's get back to the question that we usually start asking everybody. How did you come to the martial arts? How how did you even start? So actually, my training started with Ripple Effect. Um, I did do a little bit of training when I was younger. I didn't make it too far in that. But then uh, actually the first day when I was out in Colorado, I had the opportunity to join Ripple Effect as an assistant program director working behind the desk, where I actually also started my training. A couple months after that, I decided I want to be an instructor. So I started working towards becoming an instructor, which was a long process and went along with earning my black belt. Really just started here and it just snowballed from here until uh, now I'm the head instructor at the Johnstown School, which is really awesome to say. Your story is inspiring to me because it's like you just said, someone coming to the martial arts with virtually no background in the martial arts. How long ago was that? Can you tell everybody when you started? That was about three years ago. So it's been a three-year process. A three-year process from walking in the door to earning a first-degree black belt, which is a little accelerated. Is that right? That is a little accelerated, yes, sir. So Mr. Brant has worked for Ripple Effect for the past three years full-time, virtually, you know, in the schools, at the tests, at the tournaments, after the school closes, before it opens and everything. And that is part of the reason why the traditionally four-year journey to Black Belt took, in this case, three years, because it's a little more of the uh, old school um, infusion, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> always around the instructors. They're always uh, pushing and prodding and training and having you do push-ups and everything. So you you accelerate a little bit faster. So did you you came from Minneapolis, is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, actually, a little suburb outside of Minneapolis called Minnetonka, just to the west of the cities. No one knows where Minnetonka is, so I always just say Minneapolis. You know, I remember it from Lake Minnetonka, maybe. Uh, is that? Very good. Yeah, Lake Minnetonka is uh, actually the lake I live right off of. Um, it's a little bit of a party lake. During the 4th of July, they have a lot of celebrities come out, uh, I guess, and party on an island called Big Island. Minnetonka Moccasin, some people know it as. Uh, not Tonka Trucks, though. I thought, you know, Tonka Trucks, the little toy trucks came from Minnetonka. That is not true. Is that right? Wow, that's interesting. I got to double check that now, but I remember looking <laughs> it up and it, I was a little disappointed. But, you know, we have other stuff, so. <laughs> well, what brought you to Colorado? 
actually, that's another interesting story. I uh, graduated college. I was already working in my field as a human resource generalist. And I decided I needed a change. And I decided this, and I kid you not, while watching the movie Karate Kid, uh, my sister told me, hey, you should move out to Colorado because she was living out here. And I was, I, I just signed a new lease. That would be a little, you know, crazy to just go out to Colorado all willy-nilly. But then I saw how Daniel LaRusso went across the country. And I was like, if you can do it, I can do it. Then a couple weeks later, when I was still in Minneapolis, I applied for a job at a little karate place. You might know it's called Ripple Effect Martial Arts. And first day out here, I had my interview. So, yeah. That's amazing. Really, the first day, that is like a Daniel LaRusso story. I mean, you were focused. You, you, you had martial arts in your frame of mind before you even moved. I, I did. I thought it would it was absolutely crazy. It would be absolutely crazy if I ended up getting a job at this place, considering I just watched a karate movie when I made the decision. At looking at how it all turned out three years later, it's a little surreal. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Who did you first meet when you came to Ripple Effect Martial Arts? So the first person I met in Ripple Effect Martial Arts was also the first person I met in the state. It was Mr. Robinson. I walked in, it was August 2nd, I believe. And I walked in, he was doing instructor training with the junior instructors. And they were just sitting on the mat talking. And I sat down in the corner of the Fort Collins School. Um, it's a little corner bench. A lot of people probably know what I'm talking about. And I just watched him for a little bit. Uh, it was a little early for my interview because I was nervous. And then Miss Sierra walked in right afterwards. We all went back and talked and yeah, so those were actually the first two people I met in Colorado. What was your first impression when you saw instructors on the mat, Mr. Robinson in particular, doing some moves or just meeting him for the first time? What do you remember? So when I actually remember walking in and they were all just sitting on the ground talking. I was like, they're not necessarily doing karate. Um, they're just sitting and talking. That's kind of odd for a martial arts place, I would imagine. Usually I would imagine they'd be like breaking boards or, you know, jumping over each other with their crazy kicks. But then I realized a lot of what we do here is talking about leadership, making leaders. So I, I was really wrong. That was karate. That's cool. That reminds me of what I've read uh, about, you know, samurai culture, for example. The fighting and doing battles was such an infinitesimal part time-wise of of what was happening and philosophy and teaching and instruction and other avenues of pursuit that were in line with this samurai way of this warrior mentality were consuming much more time than actual battle. Yeah, there's more to it than just punching and kicking. There's a lot of um, character development that's required for, you know, becoming a black belt. Kind of like, yeah, you have to have the mentality of the warrior too, kind of like the samurai. Say a little bit about how that came about for you or developed. I mean, it's three years on. What was that development like for your own warrior mentality? So I had the privilege of learning from every single instructor. I've gotten to see every single instructor on the mat. Uh, see how they teach, get to apply that to mine over the last three years. Um, some specifically coming in just to help me out 
And then a lot of the other ones I got to watch from the sidelines. And sometimes I'm not even realizing I was watching. I'm like, I'm sweeping or something. I just like am listening to Mr. Robinson's Matt Chat or seeing how Mr. Hunter gets command of a class that maybe needs to focus a little bit more. I think it was about two months after I started at Ripple Effect that I found myself uh, using yes sir and yes ma'am everywhere else outside of this place. So at the grocery store, I'd catch myself saying it and I'd never said that before. That's I'm being more respectful. Uh, really a lot of the change happened without me even noticing or trying. It just took hold. I have the same experience. We hear all the time about instructors uh, walking into 7-Eleven or Target and bowing when the doors open. Or I, I've done that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> saying yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Without having to think about it. And I think that's what we want to inspire in kids, especially is that kind of respect that's automatic without having to think about it. Do you see that in the students that you teach now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually this month we're talking about immersion. One of the main points I'm making is uh, in order to gain the most out of this training, immerse yourself in it, start utilizing what we're talking about outside of the school, the principles of black belt, um, your manners, of course. Uh, and you'll find that once you start doing that, you're uh, going to get better at it, just like any other skill. The more you use it, the better you get at it. And people respond to it I in the, in the real world who have no context for martial arts, you're not wearing a uniform, you're not wearing a black belt, you're not bowing, but there's a, a kind of a composure that kids or adults have who have gone through this black belt training that people recognize without any kind of outward signs of it. Absolutely. And even at white belt, like I, my favorite thing, seeing a shy student come in um, and then like one month later, they're the loudest person in class. And it's amazing to see. So uh, even just with confidence alone at White Belt, seeing that shoot up and just imagining where are they looking like going to school now? Uh, did they have their head hung low when they were getting on the bus going to school? Their head's probably really high now because they're walking in these doors uh, with all these this confidence. Uh, Miss Allie Hayes, who's another instructor and... She talked about that with me some time ago, that she was given a voice in a tournament setting to be very loud. And sometimes just for kids, I know as a parent, I'm always trying to get my kids to quiet down, kind of. That always seems to be a, oh, quiet, quiet, oh. But kids really need an opportunity to be loud, I think. And Absolutely. Oh, we tell all our students, you can be as loud as you want. We got a gym right next to us or the other place right next to us closes down at around five, we can be loud and we encourage it. What was your experience in your own words of competing in a tournament for the first time? It was a very humbling experience. I did not place first, second or third, and that is okay. I did not place it in forms or sparring. I actually got out right away in sparring uh, to Mr. Will Ferry, who is an amazing sparrer. I was, it's, he, I was floored by how awesome he was. Uh, so just total humility, but also I was just happy I went through with it, that, that I did it because I was so nervous going in. I try not to show when I'm nervous, especially in front of my students. 
or our students, sorry, uh, because I don't want them to be nervous, but I was nervous. I was biting my nails. My heart was racing. Just being done with it after, you know, trying my best felt amazing. It was great. <laughs> That's super cool. I, I, I think the tournament experience is like show up pretty early in the morning and especially if you're an instructor and then go through setting up, finding your place, watching other people compete, signing up, you know, doing all these kind of administrative things. And then your performance aspect of it is whether you win or lose, it's kind of over in the blink of an eye. And, but you're saying it's still, it was worthwhile to you, even though it was over super quickly. Yes, sir. Um, Actually the whole thing for me took about an hour but like you were saying, the hour buildup waiting for the tournament to start was, I felt like five times longer than the actual tournament itself with me competing and watching other people. Once I got in those doors, the time just flew. And yeah. Well, can, say something about that when it comes to kids, because I think that's one of the big lessons that's really behind the scenes. It's not at the forefront where we're going, well, we're teaching your kids how to be patient. But in actuality, that's a huge part of it, is that you, you, you have to be patient until it's your time on stage, and then you're appreciated on stage, and then you're off the stage to appreciate other people. Do, do you see- I'd, I'd actually tie that in a lot with getting your black belt. As you mentioned, getting your black belt is typically a four-year experience, and a lot of the students we start, six, seven, eight years old, Four years is forever in kid time. So just making that goal and waiting until it's your time, like you said, to earn your black belt, that takes patience and to still be working that is, or is working towards it while waiting, um, just getting better and better, eventually getting to that black belt level, that really helps develop a student's patience, help them learn how to work towards a giant goal like that. And then in the future, when they go to college, College is also a four-year program, usually. Uh, For me, it was seven years, but for most people, it's four years. So, yeah, definitely teaching them that skill to still work, but also wait for what they're working for. I am a kind of amateur auteur (laughs) director for some Ripple Effect Martial Arts uh, video pieces, and... Mr. Bobby, Mr. Verant has starred in a number of them. And I can relate to, I wasn't there for your first day, but your enthusiasm tempered with humility when it comes to taking on an acting role is pretty remarkable. And it's something that makes me want to use you all the time in these uh, video pieces. We'll link a few of them, by the way, because they're super fun. But Say something about what it's like to act in a karate movie. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with it. There's a lot of forethought that you do uh, going into it, Mr. Brady. So thank you for all of that. Um, Really, I show up, I do my lines, and I have a lot of fun doing it. I get to see, you know, our other instructors or other operations members outside of the school, which is always fun. And we just have fun with the script. Uh, We have fun with shooting it. I remember in Home Alone, 
um, that me and Mr. Hunter had a lot of fun um, doing some of the pranks that uh, Kevin, aka Mr. Musselman, was doing to keep us out of the house. So it's a little bit of stunt work. I do my own stunts, no big deal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just lots, loads and loads of fun. I always get super excited whenever we're doing another project. I am, I like to think, I don't know if I'm the first to volunteer, but I like to think I'm the first to volunteer. You know, you're, <clears throat> that's like the stunt work. You're, you just dive right in and hit the trash cans with your rib cage or something like that. I always appreciate your enthusiasm, but for me too, and I think for everyone that's involved on the other side of the camera, there's so much that's unpredictable. And to me, I, I, it feels like I'm stretching metaphors here, but it's really not. It's really real to me that for karate training, and especially things like sparring, you really don't know what's coming. You've trained and trained, learned your lines in a sense, like an actor, and then have to shift. And I, I, I don't know, is there any kind of comparison that you can make to sparring and acting? Absolutely. With sparring, actually, every time I go into a sparring class, I think, okay, today I'm going to work on my lateral movement, either defensively or offensively. And that is my main priority. And then I get matched with maybe a partner and that's not the case. Maybe I don't have the opportunity. Uh, maybe I'm working on other things. So you can have as good of a plan as you want, but also being able to adapt, being able to improvise is also a huge part of the training. How does adaptation <clears throat> as a teacher, uh, how, how do you use adaptation or, or teach that to kids? So with every class, it's going to be different, of course. So one class might need you to be more of a strict teacher sometimes. One class might need you to be more of a fun teacher to bring out all of that energy. So being able to recognize that and being able to improvise and adapt your teaching style to what that class needs is a great skill to have as an instructor. I'm still working on it personally, um, but I like to think that I'm getting better and better every day. That's a super cool point about personality and I, there are, we talk about it actually quite a bit on this with different guests on this podcast, but there are some kids who are super, their personality is energetic and they want to participate and they're at the front of the class and they're aggressive. And then there are on the other end of the spectrum, people who are at the back of the class and they want to really listen and absorb before they perform anything. And to be able to bring those aspects out of those different kinds of personalities of students is part of what it means to earn a black belt. I think, I, I, how did it feel for you to be on stage a couple of weekends ago out, outside earning your black instructor uniform, earning your black belt? What was that like? So it also goes into the buildup a little bit too, kind of like how we talked about with the tournament. The entire time I was just thinking, well, I got done with the test. So I was like, bam, done with that. Awesome. Oh, I still have to perform or I still get to perform in front of all these people. I'm a little nervous about this. This is something that I've been working for three years, 40 hours a week, sometimes more, not going to lie. And it, it was nerve wracking. Just what you got to learn to do is just do it. Not quoting any famous shoe slogans, but you just got to go out there and do it. Get up in front of everybody, do your best, 
not worry about being nervous. And then once you're done, you can just be like, oh my gosh, I just did that in front of all these people. Whew, at least uh, it's done now. Good. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So what, what's a story from a young person that you've taught and that you've seen grow and mature through a one year, two year, three year process? Do you have any stories about anyone who's shown that to you? Like they, they've learned something that they appreciate something about what you've taught? Absolutely. Uh, the student actually was never officially mine. I did teach her a little bit. Her name was Miss Alex. She was amazing, but she was a little nervous. And I actually remember her first tournament, I was working at the registration desk and I see Miss Alex walk right by me heading towards the front doors because she was so nervous. She was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm going. And uh, we, it took a lot of coaxing from me and another old instructor, but she got out there and do, did it. And her confidence after that just soared. Yeah, just getting out there, doing it, even if you're a little nervous, is a super important skill, I think, for our students to learn. <laughs> That's super cool. So when it comes to, sorry, I'm switching back to movie mode now. Are you no ever in front of the camera? Am I ever? Not necessarily, because with a camera, you get multiple takes. Of course, if I messed up about 20 times in a row, uh, people might start saying, okay, Mr. Varant or Mr. Bobby, uh, whichever one I am at the time. Uh, let's try to get it right this time. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened, though. But uh, you get multiple takes with the camera. In front of a live audience, you really only get one, uh, which makes it a little bit more nerve-wracking for me. A little bit more like a play on the stage than on the screen, huh? Absolutely. Can you tell a story about teaching an intro lesson? So a lesson to a student, and I'm speaking from a parent's perspective here. A lot of parents bring their kids to karate because they think, I, need, I would love some help in helping my child focus and control their emotions a little bit. And that's what really karate instructors are there to do and help develop. And so can you tell a story about an intro lesson that was particularly difficult or challenging? Yeah, so uh, we had a three-year-old start with us and his focus was that of an average three-year-old. I mean, that of course ranges, but he definitely needed to work on his focus. So we started coming to Little Ripples class. And I remember uh, he started out with me Master Macy actually came in, taught a couple of Little Ripples classes. I kind of stole a couple of the things he was doing, which is kind of the point. He's, of course, here to teach me to be an awesome instructor like himself. I started working on that. Eventually, the kid did move away. But one of the things I did not only to test him, but also test myself, is we replayed, I call it copycat ninja, where the Little Ripples look in the mirror and they copy whatever I'm doing. But just the transformation in four months for this three-year-old, uh, now four, uh, right before he moved away, his focus with his eyes just went up to that of like a five or six-year-old, like he was copying everything I did. Definitely a challenge to keep him focused in class before. And just that transformation over a couple months, it was awesome. It was great to see. It was something I was super proud of. That's super cool. So jumping from there, a student who is learning to focus in their first few weeks in karate. And then you just tested with almost 150 other people who are testing for various degrees of black belt. What about those 
other testers, adults and kids, did you notice or take away from? What inspired you during that test weekend? So I've always been really inspired by a lot of the students from the Fort Collins school because I started there with them. I actually started as Ripple Effect Fort Collins and being able to test alongside a lot of them was really awesome. Won't name any names, but there was one student that I've known since he was a red belt and just seeing him now at a black orange testing, just seeing that how much he's grown as a person, as a student was just amazing. Were there any points during the test where you felt like there was some doubt that, can I do this? Can I remember my forms? Can I do 10 more push-ups? That kind of thing. Uh, there, were, there were actually two moments like that. One was during my formal testing. Uh, Master Macy was standing right in front of me. So I was kind of nervous and I prepared for the form. Everybody started the form. I'm three moves in. Oh, I'm doing the wrong form. So I had to restart and continue doing it. I was thinking I might have to come back in and redo that one. <laughs> then the CAN seminar, the, the CAN seminar really gets you pushed uh, to your limit. And I remember looking at, at the clock and thinking, wow, we're halfway through this. I don't know if I can go on any longer. But I looked out and all of the prep cyclers were out on the mat doing the CAN seminar in the John Johnstown school. And right in front of the camera were three of my students or our students, three students from the Johnstown school. And I saw them pushing through it. And that gave me the inspiration to push through it myself. Can you describe what that seminar was like for everybody who doesn't know? Hard is uh, the one word answer to that. It's a lot of exercising. It's a lot of pushing through it. Having a good mentality, having a good attitude is really going to be the only thing that gets through it. You can go through the most physically in shape person and it's still going to be hard. So if you don't have that positive mentality that can do attitude, you can't make it through it. So, uh, and that's the point of the seminar. It's at the end of the test, you're already sore. How much do you want that black belt? Push through it and earn that black belt is really the mentality behind it. And that's, I, I think for anybody listening who wants to watch, we have some video of that will give you a sense of who is participating in what we're talking about right now. And it ranges from kids who are really young, elementary age school kids to adults men and women who are not very old i don't want to say but you know who are our parents and adults and you can admit it i'm old <laughs> it it your your physique doesn't matter as much as what you, what you're composed of mentally and that's what a lot of the training is is building toward is that mental composure which is something that will help kids and adults throughout every venture in your whole life. We talked about the Karate Kid for a minute as an inspiration. What's another martial arts movie that you love? So it's not necessarily a movie, but I am a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. I love Dragon Ball Z. I've loved it since I was about seven years old. I just saw it on TV Wednesday. And I, this is what I'm all about now. Uh, the main character, he constantly 
falls short. He constantly doesn't win his battles, but he always gets back up, tries again. And through that sheer tenacity, he makes it through his struggles. Wow, that's cool. I love the idea of inspiration through these fictional characters on screen and in books and everything that that show that tenacity and that you can break through and defeat the enemy kind of thing. Absolutely. What are you looking forward to now, having earned your first degree black belt? Already looking forward to second degree, sir. Uh, working towards it. I've started the first black belt forum in our cycle. I'm looking forward to continuing my training. As they say, black belt is just the beginning. After that, that's when a lot of the training really begins. A lot of the more advanced stuff. So I'm looking forward to learning that advanced stuff. I got to get a couple sneak peeks, of course, through my training. Because I've worked with first, second, third, even fourth fifth degree black belts. So I've gotten to see a lot of that as well during instructor trainings. And I'm looking forward to learning it more thoroughly um, and continuing my training up to second degree. Who knows how far I can go. Thank you for listening to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Find episodes and more at rippleeffectmartialarts.com.